ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Moss, the official podcast of Somos Moss NM and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. My name, of course, is Seth Bell. Joining me tonight, we have Jacob Terrell, Earl Nieto. Guys, I have one burning question for you this week. Why do people keep putting copyright notices on our videos on Facebook? Why? We keep fighting them. They keep striking us. But we win every single time. Yep. And with that opening music, we just will have to fight them again tomorrow morning. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I keep seeing the notifications, and I'm glad that, like, I'm glad you've, I got, you seem to get those notifications earlier than I do. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's just aggravating. I don't understand why we get them. I get them earlier than you because I wake up at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> Ooh, who was that? Jacob, was that yours? Yeah, I know. I'm muted, so it shouldn't. Oh be. yeah, it is you. Yeah. I guess I'm I guess I'm uh some feedback coming for you. Fuzzy feedback, huh? Yeah. Let's see. A little bit. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us here uh on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, wherever you may be this evening. We do appreciate you being here. Jacob's fiddling with his knobs. Did it change? No, that's still there. Well, that's one way to lose Jacob. <laughs> you didn't lose me. I removed oh, myself. Still there? Yeah, it's still there. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't notice it last week, so... Well, so, um, have, oh, whoa. <laughs> wrong button. I have to move my mic and make certain stuff to work on Mondays for a meeting. Uh, um, and so I just brought it over here. Like you text me and I was like, oh, yeah, I need to get get on there. And then I looked over and my box was still at my office. So I was like, oh, crap. Yeah. So I literally ran inside and threw it together. So that could be part of why something's going on. Could be. Harry, so, uh, what's going on? Glad to see you. Hey, and hey, uh, that's why we don't bet on our own team. Hey, Jacob. Yes. No. So no matter how still you've ever been, he's been stiller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Robert, how you doing? Glad to have you in the chat. He, um, he wasted ink on that joke. He... <laughs> Printed a picture of Ben Stiller just for this joke. Earl, did you waste I, I, government money on that? I have to give you that one, actually, Earl. I, I no, have... I did not waste government money on that. Wink, wink, <laughs> nudge, nudge. Obviously. Um, but, yeah, we do appreciate everyone being here tonight. Harry and Robert over in the chat already. You guys are uh, it's definitely appreciated. Glad to have you here. We, uh, we've we got a, an interesting show tonight. We've, we're going to have a... Uh, a chat. We're gonna have a chat. Maybe, uh, maybe David Carl's listening. Maybe the club is listening, because uh, we were not happy after Saturday night. Now it's obvious that Harry wasn't either, because Harry lost some money apparently. Um, Harry, and honestly, I need to know where are you betting money at? Because I'd like to be able to put this money on something, but um, need to know where to do that uh, because you can't in New Mexico because New Mexico is stupid, except and we still. 
Well, even then, I doubt anywhere. I, I doubt any casino here is taking USL bets. Sandia might. They have a maybe there. So well, so does Isleta, but I know Isleta doesn't. Okay. Cause I've already checked there, so I don't know. That's, that might be worth looking into. But uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of things to get into. But first, I do want to talk about the fact that New that uh, the USL announced today that they're that the USL is expanding to Jacksonville, Florida. Did you guys see this news today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Earl saw it. Jacob, did you see it? I can't hear Jacob. I don't know what Jacob's saying. That's because I wasn't talking because my mic was muted because I was looking at it. So I was shaking. I was nodding my head okay. vigorously. <laughs> Have you tried unplugging it and plugging it back in? Did you restart your router? All right, so while Jacob is doing that, yeah, uh, the USL Championship did announce that the, that the league is expanding to Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, a new group apparently is is still there. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Is uh, looking to put both a men's and women's club there, and they are scheduled to potentially start playing in 2025. Uh, so big news there, another Eastern Conference club. Um I think this is fantastic. I have family over the Jacksonville area. Hopefully this will get them into soccer a little bit more. And uh, yes, Harry, let's do that. Absolutely. Can we talk about the beard of Jacob looking good? Jacob, what are you doing? What is your beard routine? Uh, not a damn thing. I okay. brush it in the morning and that's it. Earl obviously going for the clean cut look, you know, keeping his a little bit neater. <clears throat> I'm. It's... It's a mountain man look when my hair's down, and it's a hipster look when I have the man bun in. And um, somehow it pulls it off both ways, so it, it works for me. Well, as long as you can pull it off, you know. My my thing is, I just get to a point where it just gets too hot, and so I have to I do shave mine every now and then. So um, I've yeah, gone it's... back and forth so many times this summer. Yeah, but I'm like, no, it's okay, I'm all right. And now it's starting to cool off, so I'm like, sweet. Until I go to the police academy. I can have it. I feel like this is a discussion we haven't had yet. You're going to the police academy. Are you like enrolling or how have we not had this discussion? We have not um, had this discussion. It's it's craft cocktails, Harry. Craft cocktails. Uh, craft beer was was um, two years ago. We've 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 matured since then. <laughs> Earl is always questionable, Robert. <laughs> Um, no, so with the superintendent position at the park, if I get that job, it is a law enforcement job. Oh, okay. So that means you, you're going to have to get a, a carry permit or what? That means I have to go to the police academy. Okay. That should be fun. Oh, it's going to be a blast. <laughs> I, so truth be told, I'm, I'm looking forward to it aside from being away from the family. How long are you going to be there? Uh, it is, depending on where they send me, it's 16 or 20 weeks. Holy smokes. But I, it's, the place where it's 16, it's Monday through Thursday, most weeks, and then I can come home Thursday night and go back Monday morning, so. I'm all for the craft beer, Harry. I will. That's that's for me. Um, I did not realize that. I don't think we ever had that actual discussion. I know you I talked not. about this position, but. Yeah, I guess not. But yeah, it is a law enforcement job, so I I have to go to the academy and get through that, and then 
I will be an officer. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what you call it. Uh, yeah. So, so, be, so before we go any further, can do you guys want to hear my Batman impression? Uh, no, because Harry asked me a question. Okay, go ahead. Because I had not thought about this, but I will not be able to podcast on Tuesday nights anyways uh, during that time. And I don't know when it will be. It will probably be January, so the season will probably be over. Um, but it might go into the beginning of the season. So, And I'll miss all the uh, the silly season stuff, which will suck. So might have to move to Fridays or something <laughs> during that time. <laughs> we'll have to figure that out, or uh, we'll just find a replacement. So I like the latter. <laughs> Fuck you guys. You know, anyway, we'll just, we'll just bring Harry on. How about that, Harry? You want to be you want to be the third for uh, a couple months while Jacob's gone? It, it's too late for Harry at nine o'clock. What are you talking about? He skips out on the show like uh, at nine fifteen. Like I'm surprised. I'm pretty sure he's typing right now. Oh, okay. Anyways, Sorry. do you guys, do you guys want to hear my 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 Batman impression? Robert does, and that's all that matters because he's the he's the <laughs> listener. So go ahead, Earl. All right, let's hear it, Earl. All right. <clears throat> oh no, kryptonite! <laughs> that's what that's what you wanted to hear, Robert. That was what you wanted to hear. Just well, uh, just to let you know, Robert. You were supposed to say that's actually Superman. No. Because I, I already know this, and I'm not going to feed into you. So Seth can say that's supposed to be Superman. Anyways, you guys are fucked. That's Superman, Earl, not Batman. Ah, uh, fuck you. <laughs> uh, actually, Money in the Bank was a few months ago. Next up is Clash of the Castle. Earl, when is Clash of the Castle? Wouldn't you like to know? I really would, actually. This Saturday at this a.m. Oh, 11 a.m. Okay. So it won't interfere with anything, actually. Actually, I'll be in Los Lunas at 11 a.m., so I might, I'll have to watch it later on. But, uh, yeah. So yeah, Jacob, no spoilers. Guys, if you have a Sam's Club membership, go into their little snack session, and there's, like, a little canister. Like that. Full of sea salt, chocolate, caramels. Incredible. Well, that's good. I mean... Hey, so um, let me make I, sure you can hear the caramel, though. Yeah, I yeah, Roman will lose. He might lose one, but he won't lose both. Uh, the fiend might return. That'd be pretty cool. Um, but anyways, um, I, I heard the NWO is coming back. Is that true? No, no, that's stupid. That's stupid. <laughs> that's fake news. <laughs> anyways, um, I went hiking over the weekend. Don't know what you, you did. did where'd hiking. you go, Where'd you hike yeah. at? Uh, right here in the mountains. And um, as I was going up the going up the trail, um, there was a sign that said "Falling Rocks." I knew this was a setup for a <laughs> fucking joke, so I tried it. Spoiler alert: It doesn't. Ready then. Oh, this this perfectly describes Jacob right here. Jacob eats samples at Sam's for lunch. No, actually, I hate samples at Sam's. I, <laughs> I I'm just not a sample guy at all. 
the kids, however, like the kid, the kids are, are very much samples. I, now this is a curious. This is a curious thing. What is wrong with the samples at Sam's? Nothing. I'm just not a sample guy. Like I just okay. like where no matter where we are, if somebody offers me a free sample, I'm not. I'm not the guy that's like, yeah, I'll take one. I'm just like, nah, I'm good. I'm not here to eat. I'm here to shop and get the hell out of here most of the time. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't know. I don't unless that. unless it's something that I'm like, ooh, that looks really good. Then I might try it. But. Like they they were giving out like samples of sparkling flavored water the other day, and I was oh, like, "Yeah, that's, not, that's uh, no. nonsense." I've, I've had that before. That's fine. Why, why would you even bother with that? I think that's true. I think I think Harry makes a fair point here. Post COVID, don't sample as much as they used to. I don't think they have the sample stations set up anywhere near as much as they used to either. God, this is such an old man podcast right now. <laughs> Talking about sampling at Sam's Club. Well, I mean, you know, I am now a special teams coordinator, so, you know. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Can we vote to increase Earl's print budget, please? Yes. We'll give him five extra cents. Perfect. Yeah, the, 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 the bad part about that comment is we all do this for free, so there's no budget. So um, in terms of money, there's none. No, Robert, Robert's really team me. He just doesn't want to admit it yet. <laughs> Once Earl starts talking about soccer, he'll, he'll, he'll switch. Speaking of soccer, we do actually have some real discussion to get to tonight, and it's not going to be pretty, guys. Um, this weekend, New Mexico United went hold on, up to... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Be- before, we, before we go on, I need to, make a, I need to tell you guys something. Oh, uh, yeah. Is this the, uh, the announcement that we didn't talk about last week? No, no, actually, you're no. giving you're giving Earl way too much credit to actually no. think he's going to be serious for once right now. No, it's another joke. I can almost guarantee it. So, um, the other day, my wife told me to stop making camera puns. I fucking hate this already. I I was taking them back, so I I told her to um that she needed to develop a sense of humor <laughs> and stop with the negatives. That must have really ticked her off because she was gone in a flash. <laughs> I feel like Earl's been surfing like dad joke internet or something. No, this is just Earl. This is this is what Earl surfs is just joke. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, Earl has angered the masses. Oh, no, he's hang- angered Harry and us. <laughs> Robert, Robert's eating it up. Still. <laughs> Robert's fantastic. Oh, just the dynamics of the responses here is just fantastic. I love it. You guys are awesome. Um, but yeah, speaking of soccer Saturday, New Mexico United did go up to Colorado Springs over the weekend to take on the Colorado Springs switchbacks and lost by a final of 1-0. But God, it felt worse than that. Like, I, I, this was a match that we didn't... I wouldn't say it was a must-win scenario, but it was a match you definitely did not want to walk away with one or zero points out of. I mean, obviously one would have been better in a lot of in a lot of senses, but I just I don't get it. The United went up there and just came out and did absolute put a big fat nothing burger 
on the screen on the pitch. And I even tweeted from the from their ESPN Radio One One Seven the team account. I said New Mexico United had absolutely nothing of note in that match to talk about. And I felt like that was absolutely on point for what we saw Saturday evening. Um, watch? Did you guys get to watch live, or did you have to watch it after the fact? And, and if so, I mean, no matter when you watched it, you know, what was your initial takeaway? Earl, let's start with you. Um, I actually don't remember the match to be honest. Um, I do remember us not playing well. Uh, and that's that's about as far as I went. Okay, because you had some interesting takes on Saturday, and we'll get into those here in just a, in just a little bit. Um, Jacob, what was your initial reaction to what you saw Saturday evening? Oh man, uh, where do I begin? Uh, let's see. Haji Berry is inevitable. Um, I, I thought the defense was actually pretty solid other than that one play um and then uh, galena had a couple good looks that that uh he shot to the moon as earl would say um but the you're gone your your audio is completely gone jacob yeah i i can't lip read jerry how you doing buddy glad to see you over in the chat um so actually i do remember it now um, okay. I just had to ponder a little bit. So yeah, we we started off good. Um, I was kind of impressed, had really high hopes for it, but then I'm back. But then we shit the bed. Okay. And it, it seemed like after Haji Barry scored on us, um, we just had no motivation until about the last 17 seconds of the game. Um, but yeah, that's, that's about it. All right, Jacob, back to you since we lost your audio, um, initial reactions to Saturday evening. Uh, what, what was the last thing? I don't know when, when it went out on me. Uh, you said Haji Berry's inevitable. Yeah. Haji Berry's, Haji Berry's inevitable. Uh, other than that, the defense was pretty solid. I thought, um, they gave up a couple looks by, uh, Galena that, he just skied over the bar for whatever reason, um, which is kind of what he does, honestly. So, and then um, the the what what killed me, and I, I heard Earl a little bit uh, there at the tail end. It was there was just no urgency whatsoever. There was there was no want to go forward at, at all during the whole match. I mean, it just didn't seem like we cared to score whatsoever. Uh, even once we went down a goal, it was there was just nothing there that Colorado was beating us to every loose ball. Um, every second ball, uh, they just, they just wanted it more. And for our defense to hold up the way that it did, I mean, Tambakis stood on his head early there and, um, that, that kind of kept us in it, but, uh, without him and a couple, couple plays by the back line, it could have got ugly just because their offense just wasn't there. Yeah, offensively we were just stuck. We weren't go- we weren't going anywhere. We weren't doing anything. Uh, we couldn't convert on the chances that we. The f- Don't okay. show that one. Don't show that one. Chances, chances. 
we did we even create a chance? I don't think we did. I mean, I think we were credited with somehow four shots, six shots, something. It was just stupid. A stupid four shots, one on target. Just ridiculous. Like absolutely ridiculous performance from us offensively. And I just yeah, you know, you said that Haji Berry is inevitable and I don't necessarily say that he is. I mean, obviously he's one of the best scorers in the Western Conference right now. He's he's the best player in the league. I, I mean, I could you can make that you could absolutely make that point. You absolutely could. And I don't think you get a lot of people to disagree with you. He's having a quiet year and I believe has 17 goals and eight assists right now. Mm-hmm. And he he's quiet this year. Like nobody's talking about him this year, and he has 17 goals and eight assists. Yeah. No, I mean he's He's a, he's an unbelievable talent. He's got support. He's got a supporting cast around him too, that puts balls in places where he can get to them and can make plays on them. And so, I feel like that's where they really sh- that, where that's where Colorado really shines is when they're able to create space for Haji Berry and play the ball into him. Um, and i'd say that we did fairly well shutting them down i mean obviously galena got a few shots haji berry had a couple opportunities made the most of the one obviously um you know cutting the ball cutting back to his right getting around kalen and in a in a situation or in a sequence that i feel like was really brought about by the failures of the midfield mm-hmm. and this is where i kind of want to focus my my thought process on at least to begin is that this formation, let's look at this formation first of all that we had on Saturday. Um, basically, a 3 4 2 1 or 3 4 3, however you want to look at it. You've got Ryden, Swahi, and Hamilton at the back. Radio Vuka, Justin Portillo, Mike Azira, Daniel Bruce. They've got Amanda Moreno, Chris Behan, and Kevon up top. Now, not a terrible lineup. You've got some guys in there that can create, that can be good defensively, but Again, this is a match where we see where we basically played five at the back, but you've got your wingbacks bombing forward. I felt like Raddy had a decent night, but you've got two defensive mids that didn't do shit. They really didn't. I mean, I do not like this formation here. I don't like the two defensive mids because you don't have any sort of a sort of oomph to go for. There's no creativity. There's no engine driving that ball forward from those defensive positions. And when you're going to give up as much possession as we did in the first half, you've got to have someone to get that ball forward. And we didn't have it at all. Now the, the possession numbers are a little bit skewed here in the second half. Um, but it was just flat and non-existent. And, like and some of our the way some of our texts went on Saturday evening, and we'll get into this here in just a second. Like to me, it's all about the midfield. This was terrible, particularly from a, a generation standpoint. And I don't know what Zach is. I don't know what Zach, what Zach was thinking with this lineup. I really don't. I don't know. I feel like it's a pretty similar lineup we've seen several times, and we've seen it produce. Uh, Portillo is usually that. I understand that he's a defensive midfielder by trade, but we have seen him push the ball a lot this year and he's created, he's got several assists on this for the year. 
Um, <clears throat> he has a, I'm not going to count. I'm not going to say he has a bunch of goals because most of those were from the PK spot, but he does have a, a one or two goals from open play. And um, <clears throat> he, he hasn't looked right since the injury, since the head injury. Um, so I'm not mad at the lineup. I, I thought the lineup when, I, when it first came out, I was like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, but he just, he didn't do what he normally does. Sam has been okay in the back. Um, Ratty and Bruce, I thought we were going to see bombing up a little bit more. Um, uh, we did. And then you disappeared on me for a year, Jerry, you broke my heart. So you're dead to me. <laughs> um, and so it, it's just, it, it was a game that I, I didn't have a problem with the lineup. I didn't have a problem with the subs. I didn't have a problem with, with anything that I feel, unless the coach said sit back and that was his direction to them. Then to me, when watching the game, it just looked like the players just didn't want to be there. And I, I, think that's, I think that's a lineup that you can see producing several chances night in and night out. But for whatever reason tonight, they are not, the, not tonight, obviously, but Saturday night, they just didn't do that. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying. I do. But I just have a real problem with this. And, you know, Mike is here. We've seen him play out of position a little bit and, like, try to drive the ball forward. But that's not Mike's forte. That's not what he does. Yes, Justin Portillo is one of the top chance creators in the USL Championship this season. But Justin wasn't there. Raddy, he was better off the ball than he was on the ball. Brucey had an okay night. I mean, Amando didn't really do a whole lot. Um, he had a number of turnovers, particularly in the attacking half when we did get forward. Kevon didn't really get a whole lot of service. Romario didn't go, get a whole lot of service. And that all falls to the midfield, to the wingbacks, to the guys that are trying, are supposed to be pushing the ball forward and making the, and creating these opportunities. And there was a comment over on Facebook talking about perfect crosses sent in and no one getting to it. And the first one that came to my mind was there was a, there was a cross sent in by Brucey and the person in the middle of the box was Justin Portillo, who was five foot six. And the ball was a foot and a half over his head. Why is Justin Portillo our target man in the box? Was it a nice cross? Absolutely. But Justin Portillo is, should not be the target man in the box. Like, where was Kevon? Where was Bees? Where was Amondo? They weren't in the box. They weren't there to get on the end of it. I just, I, and I've seen some of the comments and I've seen, some, I, I, and I stayed off of social media for about 24 hours after the match before going back and looking at some of the comments that people were making. That comment stood out and there are a few others, but like, this was just a miserable match from a chance creation standpoint, from an attacking standpoint. Earl, when you look at this, and one of the big issues that you had Saturday night was Romario Williams. For whatever reason, you had an issue with Romario Williams. Um, talk a little bit about what your issue was with Romario and how you think that he could have fixed what was happening. Real quick before we do that, Jerry, I'll have you know, I am 
currently coaching a youth football team, and I am working my way up the ranks. He's made his way to special teams coordinator. Yes. Special teams hydration coordinator. I have nothing to do with hydration breaks. Thank you very much. No, I will not be a good head coach, Robert. As much as you want that. Um, but I would be good on the radio. Oh, segue. Speaking of, Earl, before you get to the answer to your question, Earl had an announcement that we didn't give out last week. And since you guys are here in the chat, you think you guys would love to hear. Earl has picked up a new gig he's going to be doing. Earl, share the details. So a couple weeks ago, I was asked by a friend of mine, um, not these two yahoos up here, this guy and this guy. Yeah, I know. He has other friends. Surprised me too. Yeah, so that's now two other friends that I have. Um, one of which is not doing too good, and the other one is doing all right. Um, anyways, one of my friends, he gave me a call and said, Hey, man, um, I know you do a podcast for for United. How would you like to hop on the radio and do color commentary with me for Moyarty High School? Um, so obviously I, I took that. Yeah. So congratulations to Earl is going to be heard. Uh, uh, what radio station is it Earl? 102 something. 102.1 K E N M. There you go. And, uh, you signed a contract with them. You're going to be taking care of Moriarty and Moriarty and Estancia. Um, primarily focusing on Moriarty. I was actually in Albuquerque on Saturday calling the game for Moriarty against Albuquerque Academy. Oh, how, how did that go? Um, it went good for me. Yeah. Cause I wasn't the one losing. <laughs> Always better when you're not the one losing. So congratulations to Earl. Big step up from uh, our rinky dink little podcast here. And no, Robert, it's actually, it's going to start off with uh, the two high school football teams. And then it's going to move on into the, boys and girls soccer uh, soccer teams and then move on to basketball and then see where it goes from there but as of right now i'm only on a 15 game contract and i've already used two of them so uh is that street can that be streamed online anywhere or is that solely on just on the radio just on the radio. okay well there yeah, you go I'm, uh, I'm talking to them to try to get it online that'd be fun yeah become troy aikman <laughs> I say that because he's pretty garbage at doing commentary. Oh, I thought you were going to say like Colin Cowherd or something. No. Troy Aikman. Troy Just because he kind of okay. sucks. Well, I mean, you'll certainly never be a Tony Romo. So that's for sure. No. I tried. <laughs> I definitely tried. Yeah. And I called a run up the right, and it wanted to be a pass. Well, you know, reading offenses is tough, Earl. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, so back to Saturday night, Earl, uh, your issue with Romario Williams, how would, how would Romario have fixed that if it was up to you? Um, I mean, Romario could be more, more active in the, in the attack. I mean, he goes camps out in the box and then hopes the ball goes to him. Doesn't really move around that much. And Jacob's officially lost. Um, but yeah, that's that's where it starts. I mean, if Romario gets more active, gets out of the box and away from two people defending him, then yeah, he could possibly be good. 
but the what was it five times uh his, his he, he might never touches he had six touches according okay. to usl championship so in the six touches he had he skyrocketed and sent moonshots on about three of them so yeah i and i said in the text and i still believe it until he proves me wrong um i firmly believe and this will piss jacob off um, firmly believe that Romario right now is one of the busts on on the team. And I did say one of the busts because there's definitely more than one. Yeah, you also weren't happy with Sam either. Um, talk a little, speak a little bit about what your issue with Sam was on Saturday. Um, Sam, the past few games, has played subpar. And I use that very, very loosely. Um, he gets beat all the time, turns the ball over all the time. Um, his pace is not there, so us attacking the ball and attacking the the opposing goalie, or goalkeeper, does not work out because by the time Sam gets up there, the ball's already turned over or saved by the keeper, and then he has to run run all the way back and try to get his win back and just try all over again just to turn it over. So yeah, that's just where I'm at with Sam. He do I think he could be a good player? Absolutely. But from what he's shown so far, it's definitely not impressed me at all. Uh Harry to address your point there. Um as far I can't speak for the other two, but I just came from football practice. So yeah, that's why I don't have <laughs> my United gear on. Um Jacob, looking at Saturday, I mean, and, and Earl's comments on Romario and Sam, um, what was your take on, on on those two players? And was there anyone else that stood out to you as having a, a subpar evening? I will not comment on Romario. I've I've hashed it out with Earl on Romario enough this year already. Um, and I, I will uh, leave it at that. Sam Earl's 100% correct on Sam. Sam's been terrible since the the, the first half of Sacramento. Can I Seth, hold, on, uh, no, hold on? Hold on. No. Can no. I get, can I get that clipped somehow? Jerry, I know you're good at uh, screen clipping. If you could clip <laughs> that where Jacob says I'm 100% correct and then send that to me, that'd be great. Jacob, you do realize that that's going to go on the soundboard, right? That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Um, I will post screenshots of the text messages uh, of Romario, the Romario conversation from multiple matches uh, where I have thought about throwing my phone. Um, but back to Sam. It's only been two. That's multiple, dummy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the definition of multiple. Multiple is more than one. Multiple is more than one. Look it up. Um first half of Sacramento, Seth said, uh, Sam's been my man in the match. And since then, the curse of Seth is alive and well with Sam Hamilton because he has been um, absolutely atrocious uh, since then. Yeah, he had a really bad giveaway Saturday night. Yeah, he's like fifth in the last five games. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with Sam. Um I would have thought him playing in the back on Saturday would have given him a little bit more comfort than seeing him in the middle um, <laughs> where he'd been playing over the past few weeks. 
because of how well he did early in the season. But yeah, it just, I don't, just nothing seemed to work. You know, we saw, and it's something we've talked to Zach about in the past is the use of the wingbacks and them getting caught too high up at the, up the pitch. And you could see it at times when, particularly, you know, in the lead up to the goal uh, by Haji Berry, you see Ratty, and this was probably the, not to say a mistake on Ratty's part. I feel like it was a miscommunication or a, an error more so on the, on the midfield, particularly Sam or Mike or not Sam. Uh, I'm sorry, Justin or Mike. Um, because you see Ratty come up to, the, to just past or right around the hat, right around the, the, the midfield line. And Chris starts running across towards the center of the pitch. And neither of the, of the defensive mids step up. They just kind of sit back. Don't do anything. And they allow so much room for that ball and so much time for that ball to pass forward up to Haji Berry. And, but that was the second time in a matter of minutes that, that Ratty overcommitted to, to a play. Uh, the first was, I think, 10, 15 minutes earlier than that. You could see him step up to try to make a play on a ball. Um, but, the, but the Colorado Springs player just went right down the side and went past him because Ratty overcommitted on that inside route. And so, but he, Ratty didn't have a whole lot of help over there. And so, like, I, I just, I look at it and I say, you know, why, what is going on with, with our midfield? And it's, that's been my complaint all year long has been the midfield. And so like, I, I don't agree with the criticism of Romario. I don't agree with the criticism of Kevon, you know, like if they're not getting the, the chances, if they're not getting the distribution, if they're not getting those opportunities from the midfield or from the wingbacks, they're not going to be able to create. And there's only so much you can do. You don't want Romario dropping back to midfield and then having to bomb 30, 40 yards up the pitch. That's not Romario's game. That's not going to work for him. But he's also he also wasn't just stationary in the box on Saturday. So I don't agree with the criticisms for there, but I, I will absolutely criticize the midfield. I will criticize Sam. I will criticize Zach for the for the team sheet. I don't I don't particularly have an issue with the subs, but I just felt like the guys came out flat. They didn't play well. There was just like you said, Jacob, they almost didn't want to be there. Yeah, I don't know how, like, I don't understand your umbrage with the team sheet, uh, to be completely honest. But I, I, I looked it up because I was curious. Because I, I know we've seen that Portillo-Azira pairing um, a couple times this year. One of them happened to be against Red Bulls, which mm-hmm. was a game that we were furious about. But it did not lack chances. It was our highest XG on the season, uh, over three. And... If you look at the team sheet, it's it's pretty similar to what we had now, except for I mean, it's it's a little different formation technically, but it's still three at the back with two wing backs, two midfielders, two to three midfielders, and I think that one had three midfielders, three center mids, anyways, and then two up top instead of the three up top that we saw. Well, Mike didn't play particularly well in that match either, and I kept and I was questioning there, like why was he pushing so high up the pitch? Because that's not what he typically does. Right. And, but if you're looking at results, watching that Red Bulls game, we, we had chances at the wazoo, the champ, the problem wasn't chances. The problem was finishing. And 
that wasn't the problem today. The problem was was urgency and chance creation, which honestly hasn't really been a problem much of the year. The chances have been there the majority of the year, aside from two games where we basically just got our asses kicked. Um, so the, the team sheet to me was fine. It was the players on the pitch just didn't want to be there. That's what it was. That's what it seemed like uh, unless they were coached to play that more of a relaxed style. But I was, I was just, I was, I was trying to find the Haji Berry highlight uh, for that goal. And I came across a moment in like the 26th minute where Colorado Springs played a very, very lazy pass that basically goes right by Moreno and Moreno takes like two quick steps. Like he's going to cut it off. And then he just stops and watches the ball go past him and then watches play progress into the offensive third for Colorado Springs. And Moreno just says, stands there to me, it damn sure looks like he could have got to the ball had he not stopped and picked it off and started a break. But instead he stopped and just watched it go by five seconds later in that same sequence, Weehan makes a quasi run at a defender and then doesn't do it. There was just, there were moments of brief energy, but they weren't, they didn't lead to anything and the energy stopped before it should have, in my opinion. And so the, the match screamed a lack of urgency to me, which I texted you guys on Saturday and Seth, you said you didn't have a problem with the urgency at that point. Can you explain that? I, you, you explained it to the text, but to the listeners. Uh, let me see. Where was it? Uh, do, 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 do. Okay. So yeah. Um, I was looking through our, our, our text yeah, chain there. Text. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. I'm not concerned about the urgency yet. We're sitting back and basically, and that's kind of what we were like. We were sitting back. We were, we were trying to absorb some of that pressure because we knew that Colorado was going to come in and try to attack. Um, and so by doing that, we, and we talked about already like defensively, we played pretty well. You could see us maintaining the shape. We weren't giving up the outside and the, and I'm sorry, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here, but God, those announcers on Saturday were terrible. I'm sorry. Those guys were, were almost as bad as the, as the Detroit city announcers. Like, like they're just, they were just terrible. And they kept talking about how, how they're how Colorado Springs was going to take advantage of United in the wide areas and, blah, blah, and all this nonsense, but they didn't. Colorado didn't United's back three and turning to that back five played well. They didn't give up the outside space. They didn't allow a ton of areas. The, the center three stayed pretty, pretty well in place. You know, they, they made the reads They played defensively. They did well. And so the idea there was that we're going to sit back. We're going to absorb some of that pressure, take the ball off of them. You know, after the, you know, when Colorado is unable to, you know, get the, move the ball around or make him make some mistake. And then we're going <clears> to, <throat> we're going to try to go forward. And, and uh, I felt like we were, we were playing conservatively going forward, very conservatively. And so <clears throat> I felt like that's a, that was a byproduct of those two defensive mids as good as Justin is chance creation. I felt like we didn't have the engines going forward. We didn't have someone in the middle of the pitch 
pushing the ball forward. Bees wasn't doing it. You can see him trying to drop back here and there, but Bees wasn't being successful at, at it. Moreno wasn't dropping back to try to push the ball forward. We didn't have Nava. We didn't have, you know, some other guys who were out at this time. And so we just, that's why I didn't have a problem with the urgency because we were playing a conservative play style to try to, you know, take, I said, take the ball off the counter and then work it forward. That's why I didn't have an issue with it. But there was no urgency going forward. We well, talked about Well, it. no, and there wasn't going to be. But if you're going to play a conservative style where you're kind of not packing it in, but where you're letting them have the ball a little bit, but then you, when you get the ball, you're supposed to go. Like there's supposed to be that transition from offense or from defense to offense. It's supposed to be like that. And you're supposed well, to be pushing. Well, they're supposed to be if you're if you're playing that counterattack, that almost a, almost a gig and press style, but that's not what we were doing. It was sit back, absorb the pressure, and then try to build out in a in a in a controlled manner. We didn't see the breaks that that we would you typically see when you want that style of play. So it was it was different. It wasn't. I, I think I think the more I think about it, the more I think that Zach was trying to just control it and slow it down to take away the, the pace aspect that Colorado Springs loves, but that doesn't work for us. Well, no, and it, and it, it Colorado Springs loves it, but look at, look at their last six games before ours. No, I know the Tampa Bay one. And the, those teams didn't just build out of the back. That's, that's not what they did. Right. And, and they got plenty of goals. It, it, it was whether it was the game plan going in or if it was just the players just not showing, they didn't show me that they wanted to play. Uh, but if it was the game plan going in, it, that was a huge mistake because the game plan going against Colorado Springs should have been playing like Colorado Springs. And that's attack. You can build up. I mean, we're, we build up out of the back quite a bit, but that it just everything looked discombobulated and and off all night and part of that was i felt like the passes were bad i felt like uh making plays for the second ball uh just weren't there we we kicked it long a lot of the time uh more often than we usually do uh in the first half especially which i thought was kind of strange um i don't know it, whether it was the game plan or not i we just didn't we, didn't, we didn't want to play there. We didn't want to be there. And when you're, when it, it pisses me off because it was a fourth versus third place. <clears throat> you really want to be in third place in this situation because to me, there's a sizable gap between fifth and sixth in the West. The, you, you got us, Sacramento, Colorado Springs in that three, four, five spot. And then you go to six as Vegas, El Paso, Oakland, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so you really want that third spot. This is a chance to go on the road, make a statement against a team that was struggling aside from the Tampa Bay win last week. And you just completely shit the bed. Yeah, no, they, they absolutely did. Like, this is not, <clears throat> this was not what any of us expected going into this match. Like it just really wasn't. It was a lackluster performance. United did not look good at all. Um, you know, I'm looking through the the chalkboard over in USL Championship, and it's just 
it's unbelievable. Um, like, yeah. It just, it, it drives me insane looking at this. Like, Amondo, let's say Amondo had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Maybe 12 touches. Maybe. Let me double check his touch map, but. You asked me earlier uh, when when uh, Earl was talking about Romario and Sam, if there was anybody else that I thought uh, had a little bit of a rough night, and and uh, Mondo was one of them. Mondo, I I've been saying it since his first El Salvador match last year before the injury. He he has not been playing well. Um, no, and he provided a spark his first match, first couple of matches back, um, but. You start him and expect him to play, you know, 70, 80, 90 minutes. Um, and I think he just pushes too much. And and I just, I wasn't, I haven't been impressed with him for a while now. Uh, I, I think there's a good player in there. And I think in, in the right circumstances with the right people around him, he can be very good. But he just, he hasn't been good. We saw Sergio come in for him. And that's, I mean, those two are are the same person to me they they have been overhyped i, I love mondo um uh, i'm not as sold on rebus I, I love mondo and mondo has at least shown at times where um he mondo has shown that he can he, he can be that really good player whereas uh rebus hasn't really shown me that so that switch i didn't have a problem with it but i i didn't want to see rebus in there yeah, the thing about Mondo is I feel like after his initial call-up to the national team last year, I think his head got a little bit too big. And we talked about it last year. You could see him not being instinctive on the mm-hmm. ball. He was taking too many touches. He wasn't mm-hmm. making the right reads and doing trying to do too much. And I feel like he's still trying to do that, but he's also mm-hmm. lacking confidence. Right now, you're still coming back from that injury, but um, here, Craig Buchanan, thank you for joining us. Appreciate you being here. It's not unbelievable, it's predictable these days. I expect to draw every game. Um, See, I disagree slightly because the performance that we saw against Colorado Springs was not predictable. That that kind of just no show offensively, especially with this talent, um, is just something that I, I we haven't seen a whole lot of this year for one. Um, maybe the Birmingham match and maybe uh, what was the other game we lost pretty handily here recently? Now I can't remember it, but, um, but there's been like maybe two or three matches that we've just been completely outplayed and then the rest we've been in, in it. Um, and, and offensively we've created chances. We haven't finished chances, but we've created chances. Memphis. Uh, yeah, that's the one. Um, so this one was was just a shock at the game plan and the lack of urgency and the lack of energy going forward was was what was unbelievable to me. Yeah, it's it, it was a uh, it was not a good look for United at all on Saturday night. But you know, we guys got a few days off uh, over the weekend. Heading into this week, and as Jerry has been pointing out over in chat, it is, of course, Derby Week. Uh, New Mexico, United, and El Paso square off on Friday night, not Saturday, Friday night over at the lab for the final meeting of the year between the two sides. Um, 
Jerry, answer your question real quick. Earl had he, he made a comment in our private chat that said his router caught on fire. Um, whether or not that's accurate, I, I don't know, but he did have to drop off uh, the show this evening. But uh, yeah, Friday night, Derby night, New Mexico United, El Paso. This is a matchup we haven't played, seen them since the their opening match of the season where we there's, went down to... There's so many jokes that I can make right now about Earl and the router being on fire and just Earl being gone in general, but, but I will not. Yeah. Uh, Southwest, Uni- Southwest University Park, New Mexico United went down there uh, in our second match of the season and picked up a 2-1 win over El Paso. This is an interesting one because, number one, El Paso has been a dumpster fire of a team this year. They can't quite figure out what they're doing, which way they're going, up, down, left, right. Uh, they don't really have a solid goalkeeper at this point in Evan Newton, and I just... I, I don't know what's going on with El Paso. They did, of course, pick up a win over the nearly hapless San, um, Phoenix Rising. Uh, yeah, over the probably weekend. the only team that's more of a dumpster fire. <laughs> Pretty much. And so prior to that, El Paso had lost, I think it was like four or five or five of six, something like that. Uh, I'm going to double check that here real quick. But yeah, one win in their last five matches. And El Paso is just barely hanging on to a playoff position. They do sit five points back in New Mexico United currently. Jacob, looking at this match, looking at um, how El Paso has been playing of late, looking at how we've been playing of late, what do you, what's your initial thoughts on Friday evening? I don't fucking know, man. It's, it's, uh, I, 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 I firmly believe El Paso is just not good. They are just a bad soccer team. Um, and and that is the only thing that I feel confident about right now. I don't feel confident that we will come out and whoop their ass. I don't feel confident that we will come out and beat them. I don't feel confident that we're going to lose. Uh, I don't even feel confident in a draw right now. Um, I, I, they are not good, but we play up and down to a bunch of different squads. So it, it's... it. Uh, of course, I'm looking forward to it, Jerry. I I am hyped for it. Um, part of my reservation right now is is we just came off of just a very puzzling match that I'm trying to still process, uh, and then I don't know if I'm going to be there or not. Um, I I know I, I it's Labor Day weekend. I work at a lake. Um, they that is the fourth of the, or the third of the busy holidays. Um, it's not as busy as the other two, but it's still going to be busy. It's a two and a half hour drive for me over there, uh, on the Friday of Labor Day weekend. So I just, I haven't quite made up my mind there. on if I'm gonna, gonna, gonna take off when I get off work on Friday and go, cause, um, since I live at the lake, I'm kind of the de facto, everything even after hours i'm on call so if i leave uh and i get called then i've got to figure out a way to deal with that uh so we'll have to see um i i'm i'm pretty sure i'm gonna talk myself into going by the end of the week but um part of it is me just being and 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 part of it was last friday uh this past friday i uh i got off at four and booked it to roswell to pick up couches and after i left we had a water leak and my guys my two seasonal employees that work under me had to stay until 10 o'clock to get it fixed. And I wasn't there. So I felt guilty about that. And so I'm just thinking, man, if that happens again, I'm going to feel like crap. If I went to a soccer game, instead of being there to help the guys fix a water leak, 
chances of it happening again aren't necessarily the best, but I still, I'm just kind of yeah about it. So, um, but I, but I am excited for it. I, I am looking forward to it. I, I think that, uh, we have, um, a pretty good chance of coming out on top. It's a home game, uh, against El Paso, which we've fared well against El Paso at home typically anyways. Um, and so I, I just I feel I, I feel like if the guys didn't get up for Colorado Springs, maybe it was because of this match. And if they come out flat against this match, I might not watch them again this year. <laughs> like, oh, but they don't look ahead. They don't. They don't look ahead, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Said yeah. every player of every sport ever, and I've been a player, <laughs> and I have definitely circled matches uh, against rivals before. Yeah, looking back at the previous 10 matches, El Paso is 2, 8, and 2. We are 3, 4, and 3. So not a whole lot of difference there. We, of course, have picked up a few more points than they have. Um, I said, no, I'm sorry. Did I say 2, 8, and 2? That, that's not 10. They are two six and two. I apologize. They're two. El Paso is two six and two, in their prior ten matches. We are three four and three. So, yeah, neither side has really been playing particularly well in these matches. Um, yeah, I just don't know. I, we we've talked we talked about El Paso earlier in the season. We've talked about them a little bit during their dumpster fire periods. Uh, we talked about how they're not good at the back. I still don't think that they are. I don't think that they are good at the back, but we, we still have trouble scoring. So it's just, I, I would hope, I would hope against hope that the guys show up on Friday night, the fans come out Saturday night and that we do have, you know, 10, 11, 12,000 people there because I think that's going to make a huge difference. Now we've talked about it before, you know, does the club feel an inordinate amount of pressure, pressure to play and win at home um in a matchup like this where as jerry pointed out it's basically a must win for el paso it's you could almost call it a must win for us because to drop points in this match in particular i think this is one that we had circled on our calendars that we thought was going to be a win for united going down the stretch at a time of the season where united is going to be playing some of their best football I mean, do you think that there's, do you think the guys are under too much pressure this weekend? Or do you think that they come out and rise to the occasion? Again, I fucking know. <laughs> like, my gut says they will come out and take it to them a little bit, at least to start the match. Uh, Craig's prediction of twos two, up to nothing and then draw on a two two. Uh, is somewhat realistic, but I, I do think we can come out and start off strong against them. And and I, if I had to put money on what I thought was going to happen, it would be that. Um, the 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 logic that Jerry's thrown out there, um, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't quite get uh, when he said uh, the way I see it. El Paso has everything to win, and New Mexico has everything to lose. Um, El Paso, a loss, a loss for El Paso is, is 
just as big, if not bigger than a loss for New Mexico. Um, Cause it would almost guarantee they get knocked out of the playoff picture um, for the time being. And I don't think they make the playoffs anyways. And part of that is cause I don't think we're going to, I think Jacob's year. internet is uh, throwing up. Um, really? I have full service. Yeah, no, you're cutting out. It's probably your internet. No. Um, it's, it's actually probably my mic. Okay. Uh, while you're looking at that, Craig, the answer to your question is uh, United's at average attendance is 10,786. So, yeah, I, I think we come out and beat them, or at least have the energy, and, and uh, they kind of rise to the occasion to start at least. I certainly hope so. Like this is a match that I mean, obviously you don't want to come out flat in any of them, but against El Paso, especially because we've seen what they can do. We saw what they did a couple weeks ago against Colorado Springs in that wild four, four match um, where they went down three, no inside of 10 minutes and came back to lead four, three only to lose uh draw. Only, well, yeah, it's only to lose the lead is what I was trying to say. Okay. Um, there in, in the closing minutes of that match. So, um, I do agree with Jerry Solniak and Mara's are two guys that you do want to keep your eye on. Mara's of course, a pretty solid attacker. Solniak um, is an interesting player. He's a guy that I, that I like watching. I think he's a lot of fun. I think he brings a lot to the table for El Paso. Um, I'm just surprised that Jerry didn't say Yuma. So um, the, to me, the biggest question marks for El Paso are number one, their back line and to the play of Evan Newton. Uh, Newton had some really stellar performances earlier in the season, but of late he has not been doing well at all. Um, and so I think those are oh. two. Well, remember he started off the season being booed. Yeah, uh, that is true. By his, by his own team. Um, yeah, so Newton is, Newton's an interesting commodity coming into this match. And, you know, El Paso didn't particularly handle our attack well in the first match and i feel like we have more more threats now particularly in the final third but again it's all dependent on can we get them the service um looking at what el paso does defensively and through the midfield do you think that that's something that we can take advantage of on friday night uh yeah especially if Yuma's back there um yuma did not play the first match uh and I was bummed because I, I, if Yuma's out there, I think they're the weaker a weaker team than when Yuma's not out there. Um, and he's been playing. Jerry did say we're getting the best version of Yuma in a long time, which which I don't doubt, but that's not saying a whole lot. Um, it's it's still Yuma, and I, I think if we can trot out uh, Kavon, uh, I and I hope Nico's back. I hope Nico's back and healthy. That would be a, a big deal for me, and so. If we can see see the likes of Kavan and Nico, I'd love to see what they can do up top together, um, and then and then Weehan kind of pulling some strings, and then some wingbacks getting involved. I th- I think we can tear them up if we just play our our normal offensive game plan that we've played most of the season. The chances have been there, and when you're, I mean, you look at the Phoenix matches, uh, Lunt just stood on his head the whole time. Um, and so I don't expect that from Newton uh, by any means. Uh, it's, in fact, I would expect a mistake from Newton at some point. And so uh, I think we can definitely capitalize on, on that 
that goal or yeah, that keeper uh, center back pairing that they trot out there, especially if you was out there. If you had a set in 11 for Friday night, who would you throw out? Ooh. All right, let's do this. So let me pull up. Um, I, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I'm, I, I think I'd go uh, to a four at the back system. Um, where the hell am I going? There it is. Uh, that's actually not what I wanted. Damn it. One second. You, you can't spring a question that requires me to think <laughs> of 11 different people and a formation and everything. And well, I've been I saying have... for a couple of weeks that I want to see a true four at the back. And I, and I felt like against Colorado, that would have been a perfect time to do that. Well, we have. We've seen that either for a match or for parts of a match. The Sacramento game um, was was a perfect example of it. We we played a four at the back for the first half and looked really good. And then we started at four in the back in the second half and looked fine. And then made a sub up top and changed the formation for whatever reason. And they scored two goals like that. And then the next thing you know, we're down a goal instead. And then we switched back to four at the back and looked good again. It was like a 10-minute stretch. And then we've kind of gone back and forth with three and four at the back since then, mostly with three. And I feel like we've looked way better with four. We've just looked, for one, so we say four at the back or three at the back. What it really amounts to is two at the back or three at the back. Because when you play with that four at the back, you still have so, like your 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 left back and your right back are usually Suggs and Yearwood or Ratty or Bruce or Swartz and they're bombing forward. So um, it might leave us a little more vulnerable defensively, but I, I, I think we've got a good enough backline and a good enough goalie that we can do that and not freak out about it. So the, 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 the union game uh, is the one I was trying to find. We played a four at the back there. Um, Swahi and Ryden in the middle, Hamilton and Swartz on the outside. Uh, they were bombing forward. We kind of, Sam kind of stayed back for the most part. So it was a little bit different than than some things that we've seen. But so back to this, the question at hand. My starting 11 uh, that you dropped on me out of nowhere. Uh, I haven't done this since we did the game last season that destroyed my soul um <laughs> so i i think the formation that we used against union is what i would like to see um starting at the back you got tim Bacchus, obviously uh in front of him uh Raiden and swahi uh is probably who i would go with which was who was in that monterey monterey game uh on the outside of them um Suggs, if Suggs is healthy, Suggs, but I'm going to assume he's not. So I'm going to say Ratty, and I'm going to say Swartz. Um, so a back line of, of Ratty, Swahi, Ride, and Swartz. Uh, midfield, if Seymour's healthy, uh, I'd love to see Seymour in there with Portillo in some fashion. Um, so I assume Suggs wasn't going to be healthy. I'm going to assume Seymour's healthy because he wasn't even on the injury report last two weeks. So I'm going to say Seymour, Portillo, and uh, Nava. If not, no, Nava's not going to be there. Never mind. Nava's for sure. More than likely not, yeah. Um, So we'll say Portillo, Seymour. uh, And I kind of like Tabor 
there. They had him in the starting 11 in Monterey there in like a mid winger attacking winger spot. So we'll say that. Uh, then we right in front of them and then freighter and, and Nico up on top. If Nico's healthy. Okay. Yeah. We've got some similarities in ours and I was figuring mine out while you're talking. Um, provided people are healthy. What I want to see, I want to see Yearwood Seymour Rosh across the back. I want to yeah. see Harry out on the left. So this is going to basically a three, four, one, two. Screw okay. the wingbacks. I don't want to see wingbacks. Okay. I don't want to see. I want to see that's, Harry. That's been like our main identity for four years now. But. Yeah, I know. But I, <laughs> I don't want to see it. I want to see Harry playing a left mid, left wing type of position. Okay. Okay. I want to see Portillo as a left center mid. Uh, Nava provided he's healthy, right center mid. Although I think it, it's more than likely we're gonna see like a like see Sergio in there, provided you know again healthy. You got two guys that are gonna be able to push the ball forward. You got chances that you're gonna have created. Preston out on the right, <clears throat> right wing, right mid. Someone playing up high, paced out on the sides. You got guys that can, that can deliver the ball in the box. Uh, Preston also gives you the ability to drive towards the center of the pitch and create some chances there bees as a, as a cam. And then, you know, they give, just give bees the freedom to be, you know, be, be a, be a tip, be an eight, you know, have him like just play, you know, and then up top Nico and Kev. I think that gives a ton of pace that El Paso can't deal with. It gives you a ton of chance creation. You've got guys in Justin and Sergio that can track back and play well defensively. Obviously, you're, you're, you're going to leave up those wider areas at the back, but we've proven that we can deal with that. And we've seen the back three of Yearwood, Seymour, and Rosh, or even put uh, put Swahi in there on the right. Rosh or Swahi. I, I'd rather, I think I'd rather take Swahi but um, I think Rosh is good because those guys played well in that first stretch of what seven, eight matches before Kalen came back. Mm. So that's what I would love to see. Screw the wing backs, put some guys that can, that can go both ways, play box to box, put some pressure on the wings. I don't think El Paso could handle it with that much pressure that you have going forward, but you've got to play aggressively. You can't sit. You can't necessarily just sit back. You know, I would you know, don't push, don't push your your center backs too high up. Let them sit right around the midfield. That way, they have room to get back. Don't push them up into the attacking half, unless it's like a set piece. Just let them sit back and and take those opportunities. And 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 that also gives us speed at the back. I mean, Austin's got pace. Um, Will's got some pace. Rosh has got some pace, and, and Alexi's. I think Alexi. I think Alexi has better, has more pace than than Rosh does. But Rosh has shown the ability to get back and cover guys, which takes care of what Jerry just said. Fast defense to Curtis Oliak, Mares, Gomez, and uh, Cristiano. Yeah. Um, Nico had Nico and Christian have both been out with injury. Uh, Christian got hurt against uh, Monterey, correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. against Monterey and Nico has missed the last uh, two matches. So um, as far as we know, they are not long-term injuries. We believe Christian Nava had a, had a, a, a sprain on his ankle. We don't have a definite answer on that. Uh, we don't know what Nico's injury is. So um, yeah, I, I think that's, I think, I don't know. 
that's what I want to see against El Paso side that, that struggled at the back. We don't know, Jerry. Um, we honestly don't know. Uh, there's a press conference tomorrow. I'm going to try to make that. Um, I don't have any guarantees because I do have a actual meeting at my nine to five, um, during that time. So, um, hopefully we'll get some answers tomorrow on that. Um, otherwise we won't know until late Thursday what the expectation is. So, um, yeah, I just, I want to see the guys come out and full of energy. I want to see that the lab packed Friday night. Um, I want to see them. I just want to see that place rocking and giving El Paso hell. And hopefully the guys can draw from that and step up in a rivalry match and take care of business. We've already beat them once this season. There's no reason we can't do it again. Um, so that being said, what's your prediction for Friday night? Hmm. Three one. Okay. I mean, Newton obviously has not done well. Uh, so three, I could see it. Oh, I'd so, like to see it. So, I, I understand that XG isn't uh, the be all end all. I get it. I get it. But it is. I, I do feel like it's a pretty good uh, indicator of of how you're how you're playing even if the goals aren't necessarily going in. And um, aside from... Where'd it go? Aside from Memphis, obviously, because that game was just terrible, and then Colorado Springs, uh, we've we've had a pretty... a pretty good expected goals, um, which means we're creating chances, and I, I still think we're just knocking on the door um, we, we talked about it last week a little bit, you know, we added essentially three new players to the attack, um, and Moreno coming back from injury, Kevon and Romario, um, with injuries to Jerome, who I don't know what's going on with Jerome. Actually, we, we haven't had any updates on that. So I probably need to dig a little and see what we can find out there. Uh, but Jerome and Nico, um, who started the majority of our matches for a long time there, um, w- with them both being out, it's, it's kind of forced us to go to the new guys and I'm just not sure they're quite, you know, ready. Um, I mean, Kevon was a week after he got announced. Uh, he was in the lineup on the bench anyways, and then he mm-hmm. started the next week and, and hasn't, he has started every match since then out of necessity. And I, I think, um, I, I think that if you can get somebody like Nico, who's kind of been here all season um, and has produced for us all season up next to a new guy like Kevon, um, with some some support players around him, whether that's Tabor, whether that's uh, Weehan, uh, Bruce, Swartz, um, somewhere along those lines, you finally get them in. So so that 3-1 prediction is kind of assuming Nico's back um, and that we can kind of get back to our bread and butter that's worked for us uh, the majority of the season as far as getting chances created. 
and then count on Nico. And I think having a second guy up there like Kevon, it's like you look at what Nico and Preston have done all season and the chances have been there. But when Nico's the only one finishing out of those two, uh, they haven't found the back of the net. But if you replace Preston up top with Kevon, who we know can finish, um, alongside Nico, who can also finish, and you use Tabor as a, as a creator and more of a attacking on the wing or or doing a little combo with Weehan there in the middle. Um, I think that opens things up. We just haven't been able to see it with Nico being out. And and so I, I think that that's something that we can can look for if if that is indeed the lineup, if those three are involved uh, with Kevon, Nico, and Tabor. I, I think that's that's a very dangerous lineup with speed that El Paso can't match. Um, Nico's not the fastest, but you put him in there with Kevon and, and Tabor, and those two can haul ass up the pitch, and then Nico can be a trailer that they can drop off to, and and Nico's going to bury those chances 99 times out of 100. And so that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm, I'm expecting to see if if those guys are healthy and everybody's in there. Uh, we'll, we'll see Friday or maybe Thursday if we get a, a match notes before then about Nico um, and, and go from there. But I, I think even if we don't have Nico, we still get out of there with a win. Uh, it might not be 3-1. It might be 2-1 or 1-0, but I, I do think we get the three points. Jerry over in the chat saying, hopefully El Paso 2-1, but more realistically, NMU leads 2-0, but in the end, there'll be a 2-2 draw. Um, hey, I I wouldn't put it past anybody for that to happen, um, but I'm going to go with 2-1 United. I feel like El Paso comes out and actually does kind of sock us at the mouth a little bit. They do get an early goal off of something, um, but then United does come back and pick up a, a 2 uh, pick up two more goals at home. Um, it's going to be a clincher. Uh, this is, I, I hate to say, it, I said it earlier, I feel like this is a must win, even though we do hold you know the playoff position currently. But um, to, to get that gap back over El Paso and try to get back on track with hopefully a spot for a home playoff match, I feel like a win here is absolutely necessary. So 2-1 United Friday night. Um, I just don't know that El Paso is good enough to walk in here and get a result. Um, at least not, at least not a win anyway. So, um, yeah, that's where we're at as far as our predictions for Friday. We'll put, try to get Earl's. We'll hopefully have the, the, like, like Jacob said, hopefully we'll get the injury news, uh, either tomorrow or Thursday. Um, and then, yeah. I think that's going to just about do it for us this evening. I, one more thing. This was, of course, episode number 99. Next week, episode number 100, guys. Episode 100. And as of right now, we do have booked on the show for next week a very special guest, the one and only Peter Trevisani. Oh, you announced it. I wasn't. I thought you were just going to tease it. That's. I'm going to go yeah. and say it. I'm going to go and say it. Um, that's the plan. We do <laughs> pressure. Have, pressure him into showing up. <laughs> yeah, we we're gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna keep that pressure on. But we do have it on the books with the club to have Peter with us next Tuesday night, episode number 100. Can't wait to see that. Um, hopefully on the heels of a winning <laughs> at El Paso. 
Man, if we lose to El Paso, that's going to make for an interesting podcast. Yes, yes, it will. So um, hopefully you folks will join us next week. I'm going to double check with David Carl here in the morning just to reconfirm that booking of, of uh, Peter Trevisani next week. So um, with all that being said, Jacob, get us out of here. Yeah, guys. Uh, Jerry, uh, you didn't win me back yet, uh, but it was good having you in the chat. Uh, you didn't come out with any overly outlandish takes, which I appreciate. Uh, it's probably because your team sucks this year, and that's uh, why you're not as talkative. And I, I understand that. I, I feel you. It's fine. Um, as for the San Antonio boys, um, Robert and Harry, as always, it's a pleasure. I, why you listen to us uh, when you're not United fans? Uh, I, I think it's just to hear us uh, complain about our team. Uh, while you're, I, I think if the tables were turned and we were sitting on top of the table and they were struggling like we are up and down, they wouldn't be listening. But uh, but I understand it. Um, so thanks for everybody in the chat. Uh, thank you, Seth, for everything that you do there. Uh, uh, thank Earl's router uh, for catching on fire so that we didn't have to hear any terrible takes about the El Paso game from him um, and any back and forth between him and Jerry. Um, oh, sorry, real quick. Jerry, are you coming up for the match on Friday or no? I feel like he would have led with that but I could be wrong. Um, I'll let Jerry respond to that while I ramble on some more. Um, yeah. Um, like I said, I, I mean, if we can get Peter on next week, like we're supposed to, that'll be, that'll be awesome. Hopefully it's, it's uh, three points or at least like a dramatic comeback to draw. And it's not a letdown of giving up a late goal to draw or getting our ass handed to us, which I just don't think is going to happen, but hopefully that's not the case and we can, uh, have a party on here with Peter and, and David's probably going to be uh, in the background here, making sure Peter doesn't uh, do anything dumb uh, or repeat leaks. Um, no, but I'm having a good day. <laughs> uh, I'm good, Jerry. I'll stay up here. I'll be at the um, stadium. So I, I will hopefully be at the stadium. Uh, so again, next week, nine o'clock uh, has the potential to be an absolute classic uh, episode for us. Oh, or it could, I mean, it could be a classic in multiple ways. It could be a good classic. It could be a terrible classic, uh, or it could just be an entertaining classic. Um, but you definitely don't want to miss that. So go ahead and, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you know, subscribe, uh, what, what is it? Click the bell, ring the bell, click the bell. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that way you don't miss that next week and you get a notification to that. We're going live soon. And, and if you're on Facebook and whatnot, do the same thing, you know, you can, Follow us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Um, go ahead and subscribe on YouTube. And you can you can get this every week for free. Every week for free. Uh, you get three guys that are volunteering their time uh, to uh, be depressed on a podcast uh, most of the time lately. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Uh, Jerry, uh, reluctantly, I will say good luck to you this weekend. Um, uh, can either of you tell me the record, head-to-head record, uh, on the f- like for the last four years with us in El Paso? I want to say El Paso still holds the edge. No. I think. So we have played twelve matches now, mm-hmm. all time. It's either they have a slight edge or, or it's like dead even. It's, it's pretty much dead even. We actually have the slight edge. Um, 
with the win earlier this season, we have three wins to their two wins. Um, and then seven technically draw or seven draws, which I believe the USL in or United, because I, I got that those numbers off of United's media guide or media. What's the word I'm looking for? The match notes. Thank you uh, for for the first game. Uh, we were two, two and seven going into that. And I think they count the playoff. Uh, the playoff game as a draw because it was technically tied after everything was said and done and went to penalties. So if you change that to a win for El Paso, uh, since they did move on, then it would be three, three and six instead of three, two and seven. So, uh, but as far as I'm concerned, we hold the edge um, at at three, two and seven. And uh, hopefully we can push that to four, two and seven after Friday night. So tune in next week, guys, like I mentioned, whatever happens we will be here um hopefully uh, unless it's just absolutely terrible then we all might uh, be sick that day but but no uh tune in next week uh watch the game friday not saturday but friday at seven o'clock september 2nd uh you can catch it on espn plus or if you're in new mexico or even el paso who cares uh come up to the lab and and go to that match it's going to be electric in there for sure uh it is als uh the ALS awareness match. Uh, uh, and there's some cool stuff going on there. Um, uh, I, I can talk about that more, more next week. Cause I can be here for a few minutes on it. So next week, Tuesday, nine o'clock, uh, catch us then. And until then, Somos Unidos. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL and the New Mexico runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.